friends welcome back to emigrant corner thank you for tuning in um today is a special day we are going to talk about the mask mandates in the virginia school system and us parents have been fighting about it uh for a long time uh i have a special guest scheduled for today uh he is running a little bit late hopefully he can make it into the show uh but we're going to continue with the show we're going to go on and we're going to talk about it this is exciting stuff so you know uh so without further ado let's get into this all right today was a, such a good day guys it was such a good day uh mr yunkin signs law requiring virginia public schools to make masks optional by march 1st why not now eh you know i don't i don't really understand these dates and all that stuff well who cares i'm just happy that uh this mask stuff is all over now if people want to option you know they want to opt in and keep wearing the mask so be it at this point kids will not get suspended they could walk into the school without a mask if they choose to and that's that's the whole that's the whole point but the fight's not over uh there's going to be a lot of opposition there's going to be a lot of letters written to schools you know asking the superintendent hey you know you need to bring the mask mandates well you know what they can't it's 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 the law now it's been signed it's been passed by the by the virginia senate so nobody can come in and say no this is not acceptable you know we need to put everything back and uh uh so you know it's it's all it's all good guys it's all good uh i just got a message from uh, uh our guest he's having a little tick trouble uh he will be joining us soon and um let me just so this is exactly what we're talking about is when parents come together and they are fighting for their children's future children's future at this point it is the most important thing that's been going on especially in virginia with all the work stuff that's been going on in virginia i think us parents have been uh have have started to be very vocal uh it's all started during covid when we were all in remote learning we just saw how i mean the kids only studied or did whatever for like few hours a day it wasn't even a full day they would just give them assignments and the kids would just do the assignments and you know be done with um then you know the covid breakouts and uh, it was just a mess it was just a complete mess but i think we're going to go back to normal we're going to start going back to normal which is which is great and i hope other states will follow um most of the states are dropping the mask mandates they dc just all of a sudden they just dropped their mask mandate out of nowhere <laughs> i was just so surprised that dc just dropped their mask mandate they dropped their vaccine mandates um uh but you never know with these people you never know. Uh I hope Chicago, New York, LA would just you know step out of their shell. I mean they this power grip is just unbelievable. 
unbelievable this power grip that these people have um i think in california la county is still on extreme mandates that you can't go to a restaurant without mask or vaccine passport it's just so ridiculous and uh yeah yeah i mean if uh for you guys who watched the show yesterday um uh with uh with my with my guest marcus with um uh feds for medical freedom we talked about the same thing and uh i want to pause here i want to bring our guest he does not need an introduction he is a well-known individual and uh everybody likes him i like him he's a cool guy uh ian welcome buddy thank Thanks you for tuning in, man can you hear me is my, my I can audio hear you fine. Yes. Right. i can hear you just fine man how you doing how's the uh, day going well it's been a crazy day a good day. I, I mean, did you see the news? Of the yes. Yes. Woo. I mean, yes. so like, let's, let's, let's back it up. Right. So I didn't say anything. I left it for you because I wanted you to talk about it. I don't want to jack it up for anybody. So yeah, you're the right. best person to talk about it. So, so, I mean, today I think it was just a great day for, uh, you know, parents and students in Loudoun County. So wake up this morning and you see, Oh, San Francisco successfully recalled three of their school board members right now this is san francisco okay so these are democrats that are doing it and they're doing Uh it the the far left woke school board members right that's amazing because you know obviously we're trying to remove people here in loudon county all we ever hear about is this is just republicans and gop and alt-right and jim crow and all like no (laughs) it doesn't matter if you're republican or democrat i mean that's what san francisco just demonstrated this is something that goes beyond just partisan right so right there it's i mean that blows a hole in the entire narrative that we've heard from these you know this loudon county um anti-parent cartel and then you know we go down to richmond and glenn youngkin signs the bill uh-huh uh, rid of, of mask mandates essentially you know allowing parents to um opt out of masking their kids at school so uh, it's great it's going to happen in march 1st right uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't understand the dates, but oh, well, dude, like, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't care. Well, so so basically they're, they're like, all right, you have to comply by March 1st. Right. So right. what happens? Loudoun County Public Schools says, well, we want to we want to get ahead of this um, so that it doesn't look like we're forced to do something, even though that's exactly what it was. But they say, yeah. OK, masks are now optional on June 20 on February 22nd. Fantastic. Great. So now <laughs> we're talking about Tuesday. And then. <laughs> Then we have the court hearing in Loudoun County Circuit Court where three parents um, sued LCPS to try and get rid of the mask mandate uh, under mm-hmm. the previous um, statute, um, you know, that was that's effective until March 1st, effectively, or essentially. Uh, and the attorney general intervenes in that case. And the judge says, you've irreparably harmed children. And I'm going to enter a preliminary injunction here. Uh, masks are off effective immediately Immediately. so public schools couldn't even couldn't even um you know win uh and and despite them trying to save face a little now they just look even worse and you know the suspensions came into place or came into play they talked about the suspensions the court did being overly harsh um so now you have loudon county school board members that you know we're, we're bringing to court to try and remove them and we're going to have a ruling that says these school board members irreparably harmed children. 
Yes. If you stand on their side. I'm sorry. You you gotta you gotta pick another team. You know, because <laughs> I highly recommend the school board resigning now before they look even worse than what they are now. Uh, but here's the big question, Ian. Can the kids go to school tomorrow without a mask? They do not have to wear masks tomorrow. And if, victory. If, if any, this any is school, a victory. You know what? I'm going to wake up my kids after the show. I'm going to tell them they don't have to wear a mask tomorrow. They're going to be so excited. If any principal or if, if uh, the superintendent or anybody tries to you know, enforce that tomorrow, they'll be in violation of a court order. So go ahead. Yep. We'll see what happens next. Yes. Yes. Tomorrow, my kids will go to school without a mask. I am so freaking happy, man. But this goes without saying thank you personally for leading this movement, for leading this uh, the, this this uh, challenge head on. And thank you to all the parents who participated and made their made their voices heard. And yeah. this 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 wouldn't have happened if us parents didn't get together and you know basically call out their hypocrisy. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, it it took. I mean, think about it. You had seventy one thousand plus people that voted for Glenn Young in this fall, right? Yeah. Now you know they'll say, "Well, Loudon stayed blue." Okay, well, you still had seventy one thousand. That's forty five, forty six percent of the electorate. You know, and then you have Scott Ziegler at the Board of Supervisors meeting saying, well, you know, it's only like 200 parents. Well, you're the superintendent because you don't really seem to be very good at math, um, yeah. number one. Uh, number two, we had 25,000 signatures on our uh, removal petitions. Um, and three, I mean, that's just a testament to the number of people that, you know, some of them, um, some of them sent their message with their vote. Some of them sent their message with their signature. And a lot, a lot of them sent their message by being out there, doing the hard work, going to school board meetings, taking four hours out of their day every two weeks, taking, you know, 11 hours on election day to collect signatures, um, doing all the, the hard work that, you know, what we see here is really the fruits of, of that labor um, and the power of, of people, um, the power of people, regardless of party, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, religion. Uh, and it's, it's pretty inspiring. You know, I sent out an email today, um, a little bit before we got on, you know, Loudoun County has, has become a symbol. Like the parents have become a symbol and that is a powerful thing. And every time these, you know, these school administrators like, like Ziegler or these school board members or, you know, or Commonwealth attorney, or, you know, the, the lady that flipped off the president, um, you know, going off on Twitter, every time they attack us. They only make that symbol more powerful. And so I, I encourage them to, you know, really. Didn't she become that. a town supervisor or something? What's that? That that lady who yeah, flipped yeah, off she's, the she's on the board of supervisors. Yeah. I oh, mean, gosh. you know, her, uh, her, her Twitter feed is just, it's just an angry attack on her constituents, you know? And look, I mean, they'll say, oh, well, you know, people are tweeting mean things at us. It was like, yeah, you're an elected official. That comes with the territory. You know, you work in the government you're elected, you're going to get criticized. But it's not often um, that you see elected officials going after their own constituents on social media. Oh, I see it. I, I mean, Democrats do it all the time. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a normal it's, behavior. <laughs> it's a normal behavior. But uh, Ian, before we go forward, uh, folks, uh, please visit fightforschools.com. Uh, this, uh, this is where we are leading the charge. Uh, uh, you could donate 
to this cause. This is, I mean, it's not cheap to go do this stuff. So please go ahead and donate whatever you can. It doesn't have to be a hundred dollars. Doesn't have to be a thousand dollars. If you can do it, if if you can do it less than ten dollars, that's fine. Do it as well. This is this is for the future of our children. We're not gonna go away just because we get a victory. No, we're not gonna go away just because you know we get a ruling from court because. We give these people an inch, they take a mile, and they take two, then they take three, and they try to take over the whole thing. And we're not going to let that happen. So this is a fight that we're going to continue doing. We're going to continue uh, defending our kids, the future of our kids, because our kids are the future. And to support this channel as well, please go to realimmigrantcorner.com. You got some cool merch in there, especially the shirt says, my school, my choice. This is one of my favorite shirts. It sells like crazy. It's been selling like crazy. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't been sold out yet. But please visit this shirt and the other one, which is a great design, the pop shirt, power of parenting. This is the most important thing that we could do for our kids is Give our kids a good future and good guidance. Ian, I'm so excited today, man. I couldn't I, when I I was at work today. I just I I just couldn't focus because how excited I was today because of all the stuff that was happening. And when I read the San Francisco news, I was blown away. I was blown away. I mean, a liberal s- city removing school board members. Saying <laughs> they they are way too into this racial justice stuff. Yeah, you know, and I've said this before. Look, if you're actually a liberal, like a real liberal, Old you're school. not going to be down with this stuff, right? I mean, you're you're for progress and all of that, but you're also for freedom of speech, uh, an open and honest debate and dialogue. You know, not forcing ideologies and theories um, down people's throats, right? And, and look, I mean, I think that. There's obviously going to be people that are concerned about COVID, right? I mean, that's that's just natural. And, and just because, you know, there's a parent that's concerned, you know, doesn't mean they're a bad parent or a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, you know, and you got to go back to Eisenhower's um, farewell address. You know, everyone knows about the, the line on the military industrial complex. But he also talked about government sanctioned science, right? And the, the dangers that, that could come from that, where you put you know, all of science and say, well, if the government says it, then it, then it must be true. And, you know, that's that's a problem. Um, there needs to be that robust debate. I mean, especially when we're talking about things like masks and vaccines, um, there, there at least needs to be a debate um, on those issues without people getting censored, without people getting canceled, without people being called names and, and whatnot. And it's up to everybody to make their own individual choice. And, you know, you can, you can certainly be... Um, I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there that that believe vaccines should be optional, that believe masks should be optional, um, but at the same time have gotten the vaccine and wear masks. It, you know, I mean, that's that's a normal thing. Um, yeah. What's not normal is saying, well, because I don't, you don't agree with me. You know, you're a bad person. Like, no, that's, yeah. that's not cool. I think us conservatives have turned into the old liberals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to I'll- be honest with you, because look. I uh, I think most of us, we just want to be left alone and live our life. And if we see anybody in trouble, we are willing to help them. And we don't care what people do behind closed doors. We don't care how they think or whatever they do. That's not our problem. 
it becomes a problem when they are forcing us to think the way they think mm-hmm. or to live our life the way they li- they want us to live our lives into according to their own standards and that that if i'm correct that was not the liberal way the old school liberal yeah. way old school liberals were always about you know be kind to one another be the the, the hippies i'm talking about mm-hmm. right be kind be courteous you know help each other out hold hold hands sing kumbaya whatever we don't care you know what your political affiliation is we don't care how you think or whatever we just want to be friends right um and i think that has switched that ideology has completely switched now a liberal it's all about social justice warrior stuff you know um it's all about equity equality and inclusion which you know that by itself is a racist movement it's a 100% racist movement because now you only focus on one group of people you no longer are focused on everybody you just focus on one small group which you know now is going through the black community so that's well, all they think about yeah and you know one of the interesting things about the San Francisco recall is is that one of the reasons um for the recall was that they effectively got rid of of merit based admissions um yeah. and replaced it with a lottery which was discriminatory towards the extremely large asian community in San Francisco well that basically happened here in Loudon County too with the academies mm-hmm. about it now it's not straight up lottery um but they they start watering it down right taking away certain tests and evaluations start using equity um and race consciousness in their selection process right so it's you know you look at what happened in San Francisco you look at what happened here in Loudoun County it, you know i think that there is um there's a lot more layers of the onion to be peeled back and we're going to do that yeah and look i'm all for helping people who are low income who don't have transportation need, uh, uh, means and all of i'm all for that I, i don't care i'm not upset about helping people out that's not my concern and but when you start uh when you start categorizing people that poor people are not smart that you are now creating categories Okay, if you could just continue to say, "Oh, if your skin is white, you are by default a privilege." Well, you know what? I have white skin, but I'm from Iran. There is no category for us in the selection. There's only white, black, not Hispanic, Asian, and uh, uh, Pacific Islander. What about the Middle Eastern people? Do we not count? Right. Is that is that not a thing? do we all fall under the caucasian category or a white category because there 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 isn't even a other box to check because my literally my wife today was registering my son for preschool and there's no box for other should i now write a letter and complain oh i my hate my feelings are hurt that <laughs> you know there's no box i don't care i check white because i fall into this great category of white you know whatever that is it like to me it doesn't matter right well, but what happens what happens if someone that has white skin and is from the continent of africa they were raised and born and raised there they are african they are from the continent of africa so how does that work out for them how is it that they are being subjected to this crazy ideology that's going around 
that if your skin color is dark, you're going to get more privileges because you have a darker skin and you don't have to study. You don't have to do anything. You just get it. It's like a social service process. Well, they said that's in one of the, the handouts at, at Loudoun County Public Schools. It's this chart like the, you know, privileged versus oppressed or oppressor versus oppressed. And it says if you are a light skinned member of a minority, you are privileged vis-a-vis somebody that's in the same minority with darker skin. So now it's not even just, oh, you know, we're talking about, you know, um, race or, or a specific minority. You're actually literally talking about skin tone. Um, yeah. And, and you know, one of the things, too, that, that bugs me is uh, when they're like, well, they don't, they don't want to teach his, accurate history. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what history? First of all, the people that are saying this have been in charge of the schools for quite some time. So if, if you're not teaching history, then, then like, why haven't you fixed it, right? And what history are we not teaching? Uh, are we not teaching, you know, slavery? Of course we're teaching that. We're not teaching the Civil War. Are we teaching the 1820 Compromise, the 1850 Compromise, Plessy versus Ferguson, Jim Crow, uh, you know, the Civil Rights Movement? Like, what among those things aren't we teaching? And by the way, there's only so much time in a class to teach history, right? So yeah. there's a lot of things that have happened throughout history that are bad, not just here in America. That's human nature, right? Are you going to teach about Pol Pot? Are you going to teach about um, what happened, you know, behind the Iron Curtain? Obviously, the Holocaust. Obviously, you know, some of the things that have happened in, you know, Africa, India, um, the Middle East, uh, China, everywhere, right? I mean, there's bad things that happen everywhere. And what those bad things are, are not necessarily reflection on racism. They're a reflection on power with people, like what they do when they, when they want power. And the the complexities and you know dark side of human nature, and yeah. so but that's how I understand history. You know, you look at what the motivations are, and you will always find that those motivations are about power. Uh, so it, it kind of drives me crazy hearing people that you know probably know a, as much about like American history as they you know Wikipedia it um, or world history uh, go and you know wax poetical wax poetic about you know, people that don't want to teach history. Like, really? Okay, sure. You know, you know, uh, I went to high school here, and one thing it lacked was world history in high school. And when when I was in Iran, I left when I was 13 years old. And by that time, we were, we were being taught world history, not just history about our region. And, you know, for folks now, you know they you know they call they keep calling they keep saying oh we need reparation reparation for slavery right and these people are complete i mean i call them morons because they are they truly are morons you know if you talk about the jewish genocide by the nazis if you talk about the armenian and the assyrian genocide by the ottoman empire okay these people were killed they were not slaves they were killed the family members were killed ancestors were killed during the Ottoman Empire, during the Nazi regime. And I do not hear a single Jewish person calling out the Germans or anybody saying, hey, we need reparation. I do not see Armenians and Assyrians telling the Turkish government now that we need reparation. The only thing we, uh, the only thing the Armenians ask for is to recognize the genocide. And the Turk, the Turkish government 
or denying that genocide happened. But, you know, that's a different story for a different day. But it happened. There are books written about it. There are photographs, mass graves, all this stuff. But that's world history. Mm-hmm. But here's the key point. The Jewish community is the most organized and tight-knit community I've ever seen in my life. They support one another as if they are still being extinct. That's how they support each other. They support each other like brothers and sisters. And we as a whole community, we can't even do that. We are at each other's throat constantly. Mm -hmm. And the the thing is, the Jewish community always stuck together. And I I never 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 forget that when I was in California there was a there was a restaurant that opened up it was it was owned by an Israeli guy Ian I every day of the week except Sabbath and Shabbat like this restaurant was packed like this only by Israelis or Jewish people and I mean packed and here what we what do we have here people I want reparation. Because, you know, my ancestors went through slavery. These people don't even know who the ancestors are, first of all. They don't even know where the bloodline starts and what it is. They come out and say, because of my skin color, I am oppressed. Why are you oppressed? It, It bothers me because me as an immigrant, when I came to this country, I did not speak a word of English. So if I compare a guy... Same age, but has has made the worst decisions in his life and always playing victim and has not made it in life and has not made it ahead. While I had to learn English, I had to learn my way around this country. I had to learn the laws. I had to respect the laws. I had to learn how to be successful in this country without asking for a handout. Yeah, without asking to become a victim. How do you? I mean, how do you execute reparations? Right, like, what if my great 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 grandfather was William Lloyd Garrison? Right. So right. Do I have to pay reparations? I mean, he's a great abolitionist, right? So, so am I exempt from that? Um, or what if you know? What if you came over um, and you're you're black and you're from a different country, so you're not from here. You're you don't have you know. Are you like, do they get reparations too? Um, what if your great 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 grandfather was killed fighting the Confederacy at Antietam? Um, are, are you exempt? I mean, it just it it raises more problems than it could ever hope to solve. Well, I mean, if you if <laughs> if you uh link up with uh Reverend Al Sharpton, he'll <laughs> he'll promise you reparation. <laughs> If he gets like 10 minutes of TV time, that's the first thing he'll come out and say. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's so it's so bad. But you know what, Ian? I, uh, the fight is not done. Um, we need to make sure our schools go back to normal. Um, what do you think next? What, what What's next for us? What, what are we doing next? You know, I know the fight to remove the school board is next. Yeah. And, and we... You know, once they are removed, there's going to be two openings. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's complex. All the judges have recused in Loudoun County. So now we're waiting for the Supreme Court to appoint a new judge. Um, You know, and then in the context of that, the attorney general is investigating 
Loudoun County Public Schools on the sexual assault issue. They refused to hand over the, quote, independent review um, based on attorney-client privilege. So basically, you know, Scott Ziegler perpetrated a fraud on the entire community by saying that it was an independent review and then claiming attorney-client privilege. Um, by so whom, it, it, What's that? Who did it? Who who did this? Uh, Blankenship and Keith, they were a firm that was retained by LCPS back in June just for like general services. And they've actually been paid um, by LCPS as far back as 2020. So, you know, there's a obvious conflict there for mm -hmm. them to be saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we got these lawyers and they're going to do an independent review. And when you ask for the review, um, they, they're going to say, no, 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 we're not going to give it to you because of attorney-client privilege. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how long they can hide that for. I'm yeah, there's a, there's a saying in Farsi that says God's stick doesn't make a noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting um, to make a lot of noise at this point. So look, that's a big one. But I, I think, you know, especially here, and, and you're seeing it in San Francisco too. I mean, I can't believe that I'm sitting here saying, yeah, I mean, look at San Francisco. They're doing it right. <laughs> okay. So they're, they're recalling their school board members, but they're also going after their, their local district attorney. Um, yeah. And here in Loudoun County, we've got Buddha Bibberai, who, you know, I would say is incompetent. Um, you know, she's she screwed up on a lot of serious issues that have resulted in harm to people. Um, in one case, even a death. Wow. And I mean, those those are very um, serious issues and go far beyond the, the complaints I have individually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she is trying to protect these school board members. And it's not her job as Commonwealth attorney. Her job is to go where the the facts and the evidence take her. I mean, you just, you know, you go into the two hearings we had, one in October, one in January. And mm -hmm. I mean, you're sitting there arguing for the school board. And it's like, that, you, that is not your job. Your job is not to protect them. This is not a protection racket here. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you've got her. Um, you've also got the, the head of the local NAACP, Michelle Thomas, who, you know, her organization was really instrumental in wiping out those admission standards at the academies of Loudoun. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, ginning up a controversy that, you know, the, the full context wasn't realized till much later, um, to, to trigger an attorney general Herring investigation, uh, which of course came back problematic for LCPS. So then they just settled because we know they like to settle. Right. I mean, right. Otherwise they wouldn't be in court today. Right. Uh, right. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a, there's a lot there to untangle. Um, and you know, we have. I'd say two years to, to do it because regardless of, you know, the composition of our school board and board of supervisors and Commonwealth attorney, it doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican, right? Yeah. If, if you've got a, a reasonable Democrat that is, that is focused on the core functions of their, their role, yeah. um, then, then fine. You know, it's I obviously would prefer somebody more conservative, but this isn't about that. It's about people that <clears throat> either view their their elected um, positions as I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to go legislate social justice or I'm not going to prosecute people as part of criminal justice. Or you've got the other people that are like, well, I'm just going to go on the school board as a stepping stone for my political career. So I basically got to do whatever the, you know go whichever way the political winds uh, shift. Yeah. I mean, that's what we have. That's not what we need. What we need is people, um, you know, really on both sides of the aisle that will go there and do their job and work with the community and keep their 
you know, morally bankrupt ideologies and their political maneuvering and haggling out of the equation. If you want to do that, go up to Congress and do that there, right? Go up to the Senate, yeah. you know, go do it there. Um, don't do it at the school board level. Don't do it from a prosecuting attorney's level. Yeah, I, you know what? I totally agree. And and I think school board should, school board members, there should be a law in there that if you are applying or or even if you're applying, you need to have a stake in, in the game. You need to have children or grandchildren in the public school system. Yeah. Because any decision you make is going to affect them. And I'm not saying uh, you cannot, uh, private school should not be acceptable their children have to be in public school if you are running for this position you need to have kids in the public school because now whatever decision is going to be made is going to is going to affect your child directly yeah and i think that would uh i think that would by itself uh have a have some sort of effect on their mentality and the ideologies like oh crap if i pass this my kids are going to be directly impacted. My kids are going to be exposed. My kids are going to be, you know, whatever X, Y, and Z. So I think I think that should be the next requirement. But I, you know, I don't even see it happening because we just saw they replaced Beth Barch with a Skeletor. He's like, not, they found the oldest person they could find in Loudoun County to to put in in the place. You know, no offense to his age, but what stake does he have in this game? What you know, he has nothing. He yeah, I don't, you know, look, I think I think that's that's right on the school board. And I think when you're looking for a, a superintendent, uh, you need you need a CEO, right? When you're talking about a one point six billion dollar operation, that's yeah. the size of, of pretty big companies. You need a CEO. Instead, we've got a fake doctor. OK, I mean, I, I don't know what his doctorate is in, but he's not a doctor. I mean, I, you, I guess you can call me a doctor if you can call him a doctor. You can call me a doctor because I have a Juris doctorate. That's so... his preferred pronoun, buddy. <laughs> you know, I and I don't know if you remember. I I said that you know a dirty tissue in the bathroom is worth more than his doctorate because he definitely doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, um, you know, my biggest problem with him um, is he's just dishonest. I mean, he's so dishonest. In everything he's done, and and I wrote a letter to um, on behalf of Fight for Schools to the state superintendent asking that she recommend to the state board that he be removed. And I cited eight separate instances where he is directly either lied or engaged in some kind of dishonest straw man argument, mm -hmm. or you know played cute with his words to mislead and misdirect. Is that who you want running your public schools? I mean, somebody of that, and look, I mean, clearly he's in over his head um, and he's, he's making bad decisions that are only exacerbating the bad decisions that the rest of them are making. But I'm sorry, that's not an excuse. And it, it, it be mind boggling to me how the school board has not said, this dude's got to go. He's a liability. Yeah. I mean, his, his behavior suspending students was cited in the court's decision as just unacceptable. And he was even pushed on that um, by the Board of Supervisors member from Leesburg, who's a Democrat, um, who said, I, I think that's that's wrong. It, yeah. it, they still do it. And it, like, what is going on in their heads? What are they so afraid of? 
Are they afraid of the, you know, 10 people that show up at, at the school board meetings and call everybody fascists and racists? Is that it's, who they're it's a revenge? You know, it's, I mean, I think that's what it is. And, and I think it's because we called out their hypocrisy. We called out their BS constantly in their face. Um, we showed their incompetence in running the school board and the school system, running the Latin school system. They they definitely failed, and we called them out on their failure. And I think they are butthurt, and this is the only way they they – this is the only thing they got in their entire life. This is the only achievement they got in their entire life that they want to hold on to it as long as possible because – as you said, they're trying to make themselves a resume for their political career. But I think uh, I think they screwed up royally. I think their political career is over. I don't think they're going to get ahead anymore. I and, right. You know, and, and as you said, you know, what is it? Why are they doing it? Why are they continuing to, you know, push the buttons of the parents? It's because because of that. It's because they got nothing else. They they are all miserable. These are a bunch of miserable people that have nothing going on in their lives. And this is the only successful thing they've got in their life. This is their only success. That's that's what I think. For somebody to hold on to this this type of power for for whatever reason is because that's the only successful thing they've done in their life is to become a board a board member. By being elected by people, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think, I think, I, I really do think that most of them probably went in it with the best of intentions. Not all of them, you know. I think, I think, Atusa Reeser went there to um, as a stepping stone for her now probably done for political career. Uh, I think some of the others probably went in there thinking that, you know, they're going to go there and, and this is going to be great and they're whatever. Right. And then they just get corrupted by the system and they don't have the courage to take a stand and, and do the right thing and look outside of their own bubble and, and see, you know, what is actually going on. You know, I, I think Andrew Hoyler has done largely a good job of, at least being transparent, being accountable. I don't always agree with, with his decisions, um, but I certainly, I can appreciate like how he conducts himself. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the others, it, it's, it, we're in a new age. We're in a new age. COVID has ripped the, the bandaid off. Well, not, that's not, it's, it's opened the curtain, right? And now yeah. we're seeing behind the curtain of what happens in schools. And, they're just they just weren't prepared um for what happened and they're not handling it like leaders should handle it i mean they could have gotten rid of the mask mandate two weeks ago right once this bill starts you know once chat peterson the democrat and fairfax said this get this better get done by february 14th or i'm going to step in that's yeah. ball game right there right yeah. i mean that's that's a Democrat in the Senate. You get one vote in the Senate for a Democrat. That's it. Mm -hmm. You pass it. If I were Loudoun County Public Schools, I would say, all right, you know what? Let's let's be leaders here. Let's not be the ones holding the bag at the end, looking stupid. Um, and let's let's you know, let's say 
Um, let's talk to some parents on the other side. Let's see how we can come to some sort of agreement, whether it's we'll, you know, we'll get rid of the mask mandate on X date, right? But they didn't do that. Yeah. They doubled down and they're now the stupidest looking county, right? They thought they'd be the smart county by being the first ones out of the gate in Northern Virginia to say, okay, we're getting rid of our mask mandates on Tuesday. Yeah. But that plan backfired when they just got shellacked in court. Yeah. And now they're left holding the bag looking like, again, the most incompetent set of officials um, and administrators in, if not Virginia, or, you know, if not the country, certainly the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah. And look, I agree with you. I think they went in, they went in it with the, with the intention of doing good. And I, and I think they sold out mm -hmm. very quickly. And why I say that is, Remember when we were the, we were arguing the books that were in the libraries? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Specifically, Longboy that we said, you know, oh, they're like, oh, we don't know why this book wasn't here. They they will get removed and blah blah blah. Literally after the meeting, the next day they approved to put the book back. Yeah. All of them except one. I I forgot who I forgot who was. Yeah. Yeah. That's another little game they play, right? Where it's right. the, the banned books crowd. Like no one's saying banned books. What we're saying is we would not we would appreciate if the government is going to sponsor books and buy books and put them in government facilities, then the people that the government represents have a little bit more of a say. You can still go buy the book at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You can still you can still bring it to school and right. read it in study hall if he wants or she wants. No one's banning any books, but we're saying, listen, you have a First Amendment fundamental right to practice your religion. Okay, correct. But there's a prohibition against you know state-sanctioned religion. Same thing. You have the freedom of speech, the freedom of ideas, the marketplace of ideas. That does not mean that the government had that there's some right for the government to push ideas that are morally unacceptable to a majority of the community. And I would guarantee that and the only way you're going to find out if if some of these books, um, these questionable questionable books are acceptable to a majority of the community is if you start bringing in more than just your echo chamber to make those decisions. That's how representative democracy works. Um, from so, hear me out. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is it true that any type of pornographic material or description of that action to a minor considered to be an offense? Well, it depends. Um, in the in the Virginia Code, there's a carve out for that for schools, right? So things that are considered pornographic, um, you won't get prosecuted if they're in like schools or libraries. Now, if they're obscene, then yes, but obscene is a very tough standard to get to, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's so hard um, to be able to say something's obscene. So like pornography may not be obscene, um, but you know, like bestiality, right? I mean, that's gonna mm -hmm. be obscene. So it's like, where on the line do these things fall? Um, and it's always tough to get something defined as obscene. So what really needs to happen is that the um, the state code exemption for pornography in like school libraries or schools mm -hmm. needs to be repealed. Now, unfortunately, 
um, you've got you've got a Democrat Senate in in Virginia, um, but you know there are a couple of reasonable people out there um, in that in that body that you know may um, may side with uh, with the Republicans on those issues. So I think I think we'll get there, um, and I think obviously you know through the Virginia Department of Education, Yunkin has a lot of power. Um, over how schools are run generally. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot that could be done there as well. So, you know, I mean, what what happened today is really an amazing accomplishment. Yes. Uh, Youngkin was sworn in on, on January 15th. It's um, February 15th. Literally a month. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, so he's got all this other stuff. And I think, you know, the, the battle is now going to shift again to things like, you know, critical race theory, uh, you know, the, the gender issue, um, you know, it's not going to stop. And, and these, these sort of woke school systems that think, oh, well, we lost on the mask thing. Okay. Let's go, let's go, let's go fight to win on these other things. Like you're not going to win. Yeah. Like, you're not, trust me. I promise you, you will yeah. not win. <laughs> so, so what, what can us parents do to help out more? with these uh with these issues i know we go to the school board meetings but yeah i mean i think most, so, most like, of the stuff is to deaf ears you know what i mean like you know the the school board it's a lost cause at yeah, this point i think sunlight is the best disinfectant um so i think that you know continuing to use foia um to get yeah. at some of this stuff um you know if if you have video content um make sure that you you get that to the, to the appropriate people uh, aka me uh, <laughs> and so what, what ian is saying sorry to cut you off here what ian is saying equipped our children with uh, body cams <laughs> well <laughs> i made that suggestion last year well look yeah. i got sunglasses okay right and these are these are the new ray-bans and uh They're I, very can cool. video, i can video record from them right yeah, because, just in case one of those those woke lunatics starts coming up to me and and screaming at me. I swear, Ian, I swear to God, last August, my when I made my first appearance at the school board meeting, my very first appearance. Uh, the following hearing, we had a little gathering outside, and I was I said like we need to equip our children with body cams because. As soon as Loudoun County was starting to go viral on the news, bunch of videos start popping out left and right from different states, from different schools, out you know in in different states, and you know kids are recording the teacher what the teachers are saying, you know all the stuff. I'm I'm sure you've seen the videos. I don't need to repeat the videos anymore because they've been out there. But that kind of you know, give me an idea. We should we should literally think about. <laughs> providing body cams for the children because um i am i'm a little paranoid when it comes down to indoctrination because i was part of it i grew up in it i know the power of propaganda propaganda doesn't have to be from a commercial site or or a commercial on tv propaganda happens everywhere um specifically if we have teachers who are extremely extremely deep into an ideology that they think fascism 
is in existence right here. They think everybody's a racist. They, they think everybody's a transphobe. They think everybody, if they don't think like them, everybody is against everything they stand for. Yeah. So they turn out to be uh, the uh, SJWs of the society, you know, and they, they tend to be the ones, oh, I am the savior. I'm going to change the mind of these kids by, you know, giving them my own ideas or teaching them how I like them to grow up you know like putting the uh putting the lgbtq flag up in the in the classroom or you know wearing rainbow crap all day all night you know when the kids are there or you know talking about pronouns and genders and and they're talking to kids as young as as young as like six years old five six years old and well, that's what so one of the one of the things that I, i've been thinking about is for the past year, people have gone to school board meetings and, you know, their speeches have gone viral, right? Yeah. Because they're passionate, they're, you know, they're standing up for their kids, they're standing up for what they believe in. Um, but I think going forward, you know, maybe the videos should be posted of the other side, right? And it's, again, it's the marketplace of ideas. Yeah. So... You know, you get the the person up there that's you know wants everybody to be you know reading gender queer. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a good video to have. Let's, let's yeah. show let's show America what the other side is saying, not just what we're saying. Let's let them see what the other side is saying, and we don't have to I be totally about it. You don't have to bash them about it, but like here it is. Here's this person speaking. Here's that person speaking. Here's that person speaking. Submitted without comment. Like that's how you're going to start winning winning more hearts and minds is by showing how the other side speaks and what the other side thinks is important. Yeah, and there's plenty of videos out there. Well, we just need more. Yeah, libs of TikTok. We just need more. And uh, um, again, guys, we, uh, we, we're discussing this because of the victory that we had today. It was a great, great victory that we had today. This was, this was, um, this was a good win for, for all the Virginians here. And again, guys, please go visit uh, fightforschool.com. Uh, make a donation to the site. Uh, this the, the funds will go for the fights that we're having against these uh, tyrannic school board members who are trying to destroy the livelihood of our kids. They're destroying the school system. We want to bring the school system back to where it used to be. We used to be ranked number three in the United States. Loudoun County school system was ranked number three in the entire United States, meaning we had top-of-the-line graduating children with great GPA scores, you know, successful, smart, of every color, every race, every ethnicity, not just one. So please do that, and don't forget to go to Real Immigrant Corner, get your, get your merchandise, become a member, so you get uh, updates and newsletters and all that stuff. Uh, Ian, any last thoughts, my friend? I mean, I think that um, more more than anything, you know, Virginia, what happened in Virginia in November was, you know, a, a thunderbolt. Um, yeah. You know, if if parents can can elect, you know, essentially, obviously, a Republican governor in Virginia on a on a single issue um, that was dominating, then there's there's hope for every everybody. Right. But I really do think that the second part of that, the, the lightning that came with that thunder was what happened in San Francisco. 
Yeah. Because that just goes to show that this is an enduring coalition that is not based on party politics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I certainly applaud the, the folks in San Francisco that did that. And it gives, I think, hope that this is not going to be just a one party issue, but this is going to be an issue that, you know, every, you know, political parties are going to have to compete now for those people's votes. And that's Democrats, it's independents, it's Republicans, and they're now single issue voters. And you're going to have the biggest single issue voting block for the next several years that I think we've ever seen. I, I and I totally agree. I think I think Glenn Youngkin's win was based on that single issue voter that um I think a lot of Democrats woke up where you know they when his competitor said parents should not be involved in schools kids activities or curriculum. I don't want to name him because I generally don't like him. <laughs> um but I, I 100% agree. Um, folks, This uh, we are getting to the end of our show. I'd like to thank Ian for all the hard work you've done, my friend. Uh, thank you again for what you do. Thank you again for all the time you put into this. Um, and thank you to everybody who's been involved in this fight. Uh, this, is, this fight is not over. We, are, we, we, are, we just started. This is, this is just the start. We are going to basically fix our school system one day at a time. We're going to teach our kids how to be smart, how to become entrepreneurs, how to become creative thinkers, critical thinkers, because that's what we need in our society. We don't need dumb kids to come out and be TikTokers or, you know, YouTubers like me. So, (laughs) Um, but. But I think that's the goal. We want our kids to be successful because they are the next generation that are going to be leading this country. And we need uh, independent individuals to be able to do it and not victims. So with that, Ian, thank you so much. Uh, you're always welcome to this show. You know, you're always welcome to come in and, you know, give us give us your knowledge and, you know, tell the audience, you know, what's going on. So right. well, we don't have anything else to say. Guys, have a great night. And thank you again, Ian. All right. Take care. Take care.